Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you for tuning in. Today, I am in Florida. I'm in Palm Beach, Florida, and we've got lots to talk about. I want you to stay right here because at the end, we're going to have uh, the final words, which today is going to be a warning about something you all have to be very careful about. But I have a big surprise for you, something you would never expect. This morning early, I was walking along the streets, and I saw this man look familiar, looked rather famous, actually, but he looked a little out of his element. So I went over and oh, it was my friend Curtis. We hugged. I said, Curtis, what are you, Curtis, what are you doing here? He thought he was in Boca. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, oh, this is Palm Beach. He said, what are you doing here? I never thought I'd see you in Palm Beach. So I brought him in. I took him upstairs. I got him oriented. And then we started looking at the newspapers. And uh, I need, need, need not remind you that he just ran for mayor. And I just... I just pointed out that the man who won Adams and ran as the law and order candidate is now the mayor one month, and the city has set a record for the largest increase in crime in a one-month period with a first-time mayor ever. And now we have this ridiculous thing where every single police precinct in the city, with the exception of about four or five, including Central Park, (laughs) crime has gone up. It is in the, and I think you couldn't have two people that know more about crime in New York City in slightly different ways, Curtis and me. I have never, ever seen anything, including the 70s and the 80s when you were going around with this. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, well, you uh, elected it. You elected a chef. You didn't realize it, (laughs) but Chef Eric Adams can whip up a vegan dish that he doesn't even eat. We've we've, uh, determined that he's not even a vegan. But, oh, my God, voters' remorse. I ran on a law and order platform. I told you what I would do from day one, cracking down on crime. And instead, Eric Adams has allowed this city. Imagine, this is this one month is worse than any one month of the eight years of Bill de Blasio. And we didn't think it could get any worse than that. Although, let me explain to everybody. I was heading to Boca, the sixth borough of the city of New York. I haven't been to Florida <laughs> since the lockdown and pandemic. Uh, people were telling me, oh, I voted for you, I voted for you. I said, how could you have voted for me? You live here in Florida. This is paradise. No masks. No, voter this, no wonder why everybody's flooding down here from New Jersey and New York. It's like a different world. We are broadcasting in Rudy Giuliani's Bacaus. This in Italian means bathroom. This bathroom here in Palm Beach is larger than my 328-square-foot apartment that I share with my wife, Nancy, and the 16 rescue cats. This is a magnificent Bacalso bathroom. <laughs> it is. It's the, uh, what would you call this, sort of the powder room? That's right, the powder room. Curtis and I are in the, we're not getting powdered, I can assure you. But it's nice and quiet here, and therefore we can, we can, we can discuss this because I have to tell you, Curtis, when you were running, I knew, and I've said many times on this show elsewhere, that you were the answer, the only answer, and that Adams would be a half, a, a third measure. He, he's not even what I thought. I thought, you know, I thought he actually would get a little help from the fact it was so bad it couldn't get worse. I think you thought that, too. Yes, yes, I did. I said, how can anybody be worse than Bill DeWine? It, it's worse. Not only that, but imagine his friend, uh, his ally, Al Slim Shady Sharpton today fired a shot across Eric Adams' bow by saying, Eric, I can't even get toothpaste at the Dwayne Reed now. 
They have it all locked up. They have everything in Dwayne Reed, CVS, Walgreens, all locked up. You need something, you have to get an attendant to unlock the cabinet, to take out just the basics like toothpaste. And Eric Adams has failed to address crime at any level. Murder, shootings, rapes, arson. Uh, in fact, when people come into the CVS, they ask for their Alvin, uh, uh, Alvin Bragg uh, swag bag so that they can go through the aisles and just loot and shoplift. The city is out of control. Penn Station, the subway. There's not any way you can look to say things are better off because Eric Adams is mayor, except... He's concerned the kids have a vegan diet on Fridays in the cafeteria. When you know, Rudy, uh, whatever food they serve on Monday through Fridays in the cafeterias is horrible to begin with. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the reality is yesterday he was on TV describing in great detail his plan for vegan hamburgers <laughs> as opposed to his plan for reducing the record increase in, in, in homicide, uh, car theft, larceny. What? What? It's a, it's a month that he's been here, and he's still working on his plan. He there'll never. Be, he be never. Nobody had, left. Come on, he never had a plan. Let's be realistic. The guy faked his way into the mayoralty. He's a fugazi. When you come out and you're wearing designer, custom-made suits and Ferragamo shoes, we got who paid for that? Come on, Eric. And why did you pretend you had a plan when you have no plan at all? Nothing. Nothing's been done in five weeks. What about the guy walking out of uh, the meat uh, store with, what was it, about 20 steaks that he had, he had with him? 20 steaks. Yeah. 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 Prime steaks, and nobody stopped him. And then in every supermarket, they have to lock up uh, the refrigerators that have the haagen the Ben & Jerry's, and they know where it's all going. It's going right to the bodegas. They sell it to the bodega owners, and then they resell it right there. Everything that's stolen from the larger stores goes right to the bodegas, just like cell phones. When somebody steals a cell phone uh, and they uh, get some money, it's usually a bodega owner who will buy the cell phone, put a different chip in it, repurpose it, and then resell it. The NYPD knows this. Everybody in the streets knows this. Apparently, Eric Adams acts as if he doesn't know this because he hasn't done Jack Diddley Squad anything. Well, the, f the fact is that everybody knows it. It's out there. We can see it. And that's the difference between now and the 70s and the 80s. The numbers may have been higher then, but the boldness of the crimes, the way in which they challenge law and order and an orderly society, and it's sort of the opposite of the broken windows theory. Or it's the broken windows theory that has now wor worked. All the windows are broken. And the house is falling apart. Yeah. So you have small crimes. Like, I don't know if you want to call it a small crime, but a guy taking out 20 stakes. Or the three people who got killed within three hours yesterday murdered. Three people murdered, uh, two in the Bronx and one, I think, in, uh, in Queens. All right. But you know, Rudy, every time people sense this is going on and there are no uh, ramifications, you're not arrested, you're not put on Rikers, it's just going to continue this cycle. And Eric Adams has had enough time. Remember he said, I get stuff done. Remember he even wears that face mask. I get stuff done. What stuff has he done? No. Other Press conference after press conference after press conference. He's styling. He's profiling. I remember when you got elected, Mayor, you dug in and immediately they you won. started Quality of Life Initiative so that everybody in the streets knew there was a new sheriff in town. The old rules, throw the Dinkins rules out. It's the Giuliani rules. Nothing will be tolerated from the smallest uh, violation to the sure, misdemeanors remember, and felonies. I remember there was a shooting in a mosque and uptown 
and the guy ran in the mosque with the gun, and I got a call. It was from Bratton, and they wanted to know if they'd go in the mosque to go after the guy. And I said, what? And he said, there's some kind of rule. <laughs> the, the, the lawyer for the police department said, there's a rule that you can't go sanctuary or something, can't go in the mosque. He gave me a name for the rule. I said, well, there's, a, there's another rule. It's called law and order. <laughs> it's called saving people's lives. The idea of sanctuary left about the 14th century uh, uh, bill. So go in. And he was a little hesitant. That was the beginning of our great relationship. Well, remember, and uh, I, I remember said, it even further. Basically, go in or I have a new police commissioner. Right. And then he said, well, you know, uh, Rudy, I really should meet with Al Slim Shady Sharp. Oh, yeah, over my dead body. Exactly. You said, turn in your gun and badge, oh, yeah. and I'll have a new police commissioner yeah, you tomorrow. Are not meeting with Sharpton. We do not give credibility to people who want to create fires yep. in our city, who want to destroy our city. But, Rudy, now he wants his toothpaste. Uh, this morning on uh, Morning Joe, uh, Al Sharpton <laughs> was saying to Eric Adams, but I can't get my toothpaste in CVS. I can't get my toothpaste in Dwayne Reed. So now that Al is screaming about crime, you know things have gotten as bad as they can possibly get. Yeah, yeah. Things have really, really gotten terrible. <laughs> well, we'll be back with Curtis and some more discussion about, uh, well, about everything. You, We all love Curtis and we're dying to see what... Uh, what he thinks about the election and what he thinks about what's going on right now. We'll be back in a few moments. The Giuliani Show. Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show, being uh, conducted in something that I can't pronounce that Curtis Lewis has described. Uh, we're here in Palm Beach. I found him just totally disoriented. I think he's oriented now. <laughs> <laughs> this is rarefied atmosphere for and me, I Palm think, Beach. And I think uh, the comparison now between this, usually when I was down here and it was snowing in New York, I would feel like, oh, gosh, I escaped something. Now I look at the statistics, including my own precinct, and crime is up everywhere in the city. The, you, you can, there's a little spot, I can recommend a little spot in Central Park <laughs> where you can go, and there are about 14 squirrels there. You and the 14 squirrels can be safe. This is incredible. Other than, other than that, babes, you are in trouble. Like uh, all the how about the anti-Semitic and anti and the anti-Asian crime? Three hundred and sixty percent each category. It's up. Attacks on Jews, attacks on Asians. It's endless. And yet, I arrived here yesterday, West Palm Beach Airport. No masks. Freedom. Oh. New Yorkers. New Jersey no, people no, galore. No, 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 no masks. Nothing. Oh, You're here with Adam Askin. Yeah, no mask. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, my God. Oh, freedom. God. Freedom. Oh, this is like God. you say, God, no wonder why so many people are coming out of Florida. Everybody is relaxed, enjoying themselves in DeSantis land. That's really the difference. And uh, I think it's obvious. Uh, he did not want to kill his older people here, unlike Cuomo. <laughs> right. I mean, I thought when this began, who knows when, it seems so long ago, I was sure the state that would be hit the worst, just logically, would be the state of Florida. Because of all the retirement yes. people here. And plus, they have three million more people than we do. And it turns out that New York and New Jersey are the worst hit. What a contrast. I mean, now I realize why everybody's coming down here. I mean, everybody who can is coming. And half of our listeners now, because during the campaign, people were telling me, Curtis, if you don't win, uh, the fourth sale sign goes up. Uh, I'm out of here. And it's either Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, C, Tennessee, or parts unknown. The quality of New York City has hit rock bottom. It's it's death 
You go through the streets, 75% of the office buildings unoccupied. You know, and we had a chance, and, and Adams had a chance. I guess he still has a chance, but to me, I've always believed that first month that you're mayor or president, it sets a tone that then sits there for about two years. If you're a take-charge person, everybody gets, like, like Trump, whatever else you think of him, he took charge. He was, nobody else was in charge but Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Biden, the first month, he was, you know, signing orders in his basement and not talking and not answering questions. And it set a tone of a do nothing, a do nothing. A do oh, nothing no, no. Quite. And Eric Adams has been like lens lice. He's having a, every two hours a press conference, but there's no follow up. Right. He doesn't do anything. And you say to yourself, the people want something done about crime. And you're actually dressed up like a chef cooking vegan meals do you not see the lunacy of this with the number one crime with number one problem being crime and you think the number one problem is is that people are not vegans and then it turns out he's not even a vegan himself the <laughs> well, fake phony fraudulent fagazi that Adam is they all are look at stacy abrams stacy abrams is on the front cover of something with all these poor little children stuck <laughs> in masks that they don't need they look so damn unhappy she's got her big face out there with a big smile on and no mask and her answer to it is she was allowed to do that because it's, it's Black Remembrance Month. Uh, she's not going to spread COVID during Black Remembrance Well, And then remember, the mayor of Los Angeles taking a selfie with uh, Magic Johnson. He took off his mask and he said, but I held my breath for three seconds so I, I wouldn't get COVID or pass on COVID. This is lunacy of the worst time. There was Eric Adams up there in uh, Arthur Avenue, Belmont, a place you and I know well. No mask. Everybody else, no mask. And you're saying to yourself, why are our children wearing masks? I have three I, sons I, I in public school. No, why do they have to be forced to wear masks? I think that is, is at the point of child, uh, uh, just child harassment. I mean, the, the, the child cannot die of COVID. Uh, the, the child, if it does get COVID, it would be a very mild case, and the child would then be immune. The child is at the least uh, one to pass COVID to anyone else, and there we have him with a mask on for six or seven hours a day. And I go back to when I can think back to maybe when I was seven or eight. I can't imagine how I would have functioned with a mask on all day for no reason. One of the no reasons, reason. one of the reasons, Rudy, I'm backing your son, Andrew, to be the next governor of the state of New York, is that he is used to living in Florida and New York. He knows that New York should be just like Florida. And the freedom that people have in Florida has to once again take place in New York before everybody flees, before everybody leaves. And like you, he's not a politician. No. Uh, he, he, he wants to be governor like you wanted to be mayor to change these things so that we don't have ridiculous things like the governor of New Jersey is now lifted mass. Yes. And Hochul is sitting there. You know, it's should I should I have a mask or shouldn't we have a mask? Should we have a mask or shouldn't we have a mask? People have to be able to make decisions. The, the mask thing is over with. I think uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to the break because I think this guy is about three months too late for this. Now that we all know, now that we all know that masks maybe do more harm than good, listen to listen to a crazy, whacked out Democrat. This must be like a drug they get when they become crazy, whacked out. L listen to Carvel. Listen to Jim Carvel. I wish they'd do is pass a, a law to make you immune from liability if you punch some unvaccinated right, person right in the faces, which I'd really like to do. If you ask me when. You know, what's my first reaction to you if you... How's that? 
We'll, we'll play the Carvel Cup when we come back. Yeah, in fact, Rudy, let me uh, bid you adieu. All right. I'm out in the streets of West Palm Beach, Riviera Beach, Lake Worth, doing my crime-fighting duties with the Guardian Angels. But, I, hey, thank you for rescuing me in Palm and Beach. if you need help, you have my number. I'm well known here. Uh, and I can How about I move into this bathroom? It's okay. larger than my apartment in Manhattan. I think we got a small one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael Buttigieg. Take care. See you back in New York if it's still there. <laughs> we'll be back in a few. Well, we do have one more minute, so see if you can put on number two. I think we can get it in. Put on number two. Put on number two. I wish you'd do is pass up a law to make you immune from liability if you punch some accident unvaccinated person right in the faces, which I'd really like to do. If you ask me when, you know, what's my first reaction to you? If you, I don't hear it. You're not vaccinated in this. You don't have any medical reason not to be. You're a piece of Okay. I'll just punch you right in the face. That's, that's the way I look at these people. Well, we'll be back after the break to discuss that and plenty more. And then the mayor's final words. Rudy Giuliani show. Um, we just had a great time with our friend uh, Curtis Slewa. It's so nice to see him down here. It's always great to talk to him. You know, I've known Curtis since 1985, 86, when I was U.S. attorney, and he was just starting up uh, his wonderful, wonderful organization. You know, the thing, the thing about uh, the about them that's so important is how they help kids find other ways, you know, to 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 uh, do something meaningful. A lot of the people that volunteer for Guardian Angels are, or if you meet them, I mean, a lot of them are fine, but a lot of them would have been in a different way of life. I mean, they're tough kids, and you turn them around to being protectors, and nobody does that better than Curtis, and I think he's underestimated for that regard. They underestimated him as a political candidate until he, he did a great showing against Adams as a Republican in a city, you know, people say, well, he won, but I, I had a five or six to one situation to deal with. He had like a seven or eight to one situation to deal with. And a city that's become more left wing than when I, there was more of a center. Uh, I, mean, I got the votes of numerous, numerous moderate Democrats who, you know, half the time would vote for a Republican and half the time would vote for a Democrat, depending on which side had the person that was too far out. We don't have too much of that. We don't have too much of that anymore. We should, but we don't. Uh, I want to remind you when we were talking about anti-Semitism, we're not just talking about this in a vacuum, anti-Semitism or anti-Asian hate crime. Every day we have them in New York City now, and it's disgraceful. And it's also part of the breakdown in war and order. Uh, yesterday there was a terrible incident in Williamsburg where lots of Nazi swastikas were, were put on uh, trucks, on buildings, on, on cars in front of people, people being pushed around. I mean, this, this is, I think what we're talking about today, and we're going to move on to a different subject in a moment, but this, this is the uh, broken windows theory that de Blasio and the progressives reject, proving itself. When one part of the plug f- pulls out of the dike, ultimately the whole dike comes apart. Uh, you, you have got to show serious, consistent enforcement of the law. You cannot do an anarchistic thing like the uh, Soros DAs have done all over the country. 
And when you look at these numbers, please go check. See how many of them have Soros-purchased district attorneys, where he put in now a total of 30 or $40 million to destroy our cities. I told you on Friday, I think it was on Friday, or was it was on Sunday, about St. Louis. And St. Louis... Yes. And so there is someone interfering in my line right now. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I have to say about St. Louis anyway. In St. Louis, six people had an overdose of fentanyl all within four hours of each other. All of it from a cocaine dealer that doesn't look like uh, that kind of a dealer. And we're going to do a special on this in the very, very near future. With everything else affecting us and with everything else uh, threatening us, the fact is that we have a fentanyl uh, epidemic going on. Last year, we had a record number of deaths. This year, we're starting off with a record. And this can be traced directly to our open border and to Mexico. And Mexico is involved in this and China is involved in this. And... uh, for someone who's been uh, an, a career at one time a narcotics prosecutor, drug dealers do not want to see their customers killed any more than people who own restaurants <laughs> for different reasons don't want to see their customers killed. They do not hand out drugs with sneaky amounts of fentanyl in it that are going to kill you. But the Chinese may very well do that. That's a, sort of what they did to us with covid And fentanyl comes from where? China, the place where we are having the glorious Olympics. And we'll be talking about that a little bit, a little bit later. But watch fentanyl. It's been underestimated as a danger to America. Uh, So let's see if we can get in a question or two, because I'd like to see what our people are thinking about. Let's go to Drew. Drew, are you still with us, my friend? Yes, yes. Hi, Mr. Mayor. Uh, New Providence. I'm hoping you can. I'm hoping you can take down my Drew. phone number. New Providence. Hello. Yes. Drew, I can't hear you. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hello. Speak up a little bit, Drew, if you can. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't get that one. So let me go back, let me go back to the subject that I wanted to talk to you about, which is the break that we are experiencing now between uh, the way in which the United States and the way in which the Ukraine looks at uh, at what's going to happen. The United States clearly is predicting a war between Russia and Ukraine. You can hear it from the president. You can hear it from the secretary of state. You can hear it from the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They're talking as if it's inevitable that it's going to happen. We've even had predictions of in the next two or three days, and that was a week ago. Uh, But you can't escape uh, the, the notion that they are predicting a war, and there could be many reasons for that other than 
the reasons that the Ukrainians have come up with. One reason can be to take the sting out of it if it happens, not to show that they weren't prepared because they were criticized for not being prepared for some of the other things that have happened, particularly Afghanistan. Or it could be for the reason that uh, Ukrainians are now alleging. And uh, this, this, this is uh, serious. And that is that the United States is trying to encourage uh, war there. Uh, now, this, this comes out of uh, uh, Russian disinformation, but it's being repeated uh, to some extent by Ukrainians, and it's being backed up by the Ukrainian president's uh, diplomatic but very clear disagreements on the risk of war, uh, where he's made it clear that uh, uh, that they do not have a great uh, abounding uh, uh, conclusion that, they, they are, that there's necessarily going to be a war with Russia. They, they think it can still be stopped. So it, this, this does not seem to be a, uh, a planned disagreement. This seems to be a disagreement that is, um, uh, comes out of a different point of view. And that different point of view could be a legitimate different point of view, or it could be what uh, what is being uh, put out, yes, in part by Russian disinformation, but also by legitimate sources, that there is some desire on the part of the administration to have a military action there. So um, I think there's something we have to look at, not something we can draw a conclusion on. And I think until we c- can draw a conclusion, we have to draw a conclusion in favor of our side, that that we uh, that we are just legitimately predicting what we believe is going to happen, in part maybe as an overreaction to the criticism that took place because we seem to, be, we seem to have been caught red-handed, you know, or, or, or with our pants down over, uh, over, over Afghanistan. Uh, I mean, this, all of these things come back to the fact that we have an incompetent administration that nobody trusts. And when I say nobody trusts it, I mean the numbers in the United States of the people who trust the president are becoming pathetic. And those numbers are not terribly different throughout the world. So, that, so therefore, you may get disagreements that come just out of lack of confidence. It looks to me like the president of Ukraine has no confidence that Biden will be able to help him. And, in fact, he seems to be looking to others to do that. Now, that's the historical role of the United States. And if we can't play that role too often, if situations like this continue, like Afghanistan, like Ukraine, where I think no matter what happens, we've already lost. We've already lost our position as one of the main arbiters there. It's now France and Germany and Russia and Ukraine. And the U.S. is sitting by saying, well, uh, we don't know. We'll give you a couple more troops. But we're not going to get involved. I mean, we're playing ourselves out of a role that I know is uncomfortable for some Americans, but I want you to consider the alternative. The role is being the, the world's policeman. I hate that word used that way. Let's call it the leading nation in the world. So uh, Xi uh, Jinping says that by 2048, they want to be the leading uh, country in the world. Well, whatever that means... This world will be a far different place if China is the leading country in the world. China is a homicidal, maniacal regime. 
it is, uh, despite the sucking up by American business, pathetic American companies that find money more valuable than, uh, than protecting uh, hundreds and millions of human lives. If uh, China becomes the, 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 for whatever that means, the leader of the world, this is going to be a dictatorial authoritarian world. They don't breach uh, uh, very uh, uh, seriously the idea of uh, discussion, of uh, democracy, of difference of opinion. I mean, we're getting terrible about that, too, with the lefties who want to become communists. Uh, we get a difference of opinion. We try to destroy the person. We try to criminalize the person. We try to rip the person apart. And that coming from the left much more than from the right. It looks like the left, which in its wide expanse includes communism and socialism, has relied very, very heavily now on censorship, on closing down free expression, free thought, debate, largely because the ideas they are now reaching for, which is sort of in the last... Uh, third of the game in moving you toward communism are tough ones. They're, they're ones that defy human nature. You know, the ones like you should work, the other person doesn't work, and you shouldn't mind if they just take everything away from you, or you should have nothing to say about your children, or uh, uh, they can take as much money in terms of taxes as they want from you, and there's very little you have to say about it. Or there are certain ways you have to say things. You can't say them the way you want to. Otherwise, you become not just a uh, contrarian or the opposition or a person, but you become an, uh, an insurrectionist. Or, a, uh, I mean, suppose there are people that that believe that there was fraud in the election. Suppose there are people that observe that fraud. They actually saw it happen. They actually saw people being forced to vote for the other candidate. Suppose there are people that saw machines manipulated. Suppose there are people that saw false ballots attached to false registrations, or they say they saw that. And suppose there are hundreds of them, uh, maybe approaching almost, well, let's say hundreds of them, five, four or five hundred of them from different states who don't know each other, never communicated with each other, but all have the same uh, conclusion isn't it something that at least somebody has to take seriously and not try to yell, shout, and bully down as insurrection? And and might that not be the reason why they become uh, upset and, and worried about the future of their democracy and whether they're going to have rights in the future? Well, we'll be back after this break with the mayor's final words. It's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani, back now with the mayor's final thoughts that are brought to you by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Well, I think that one of the most damaging things that has been done over the last week, week and a half that maybe hasn't gotten the attention it deserves, but is going to have long-term implications, both in the way in which uh, the Chinese communist government evaluates us, the way other communist and related governments evaluate us, the way our enemies do, our other enemies, our friends, and even how we evaluate ourselves, 
is Nancy Pelosi's uh, basic uh, remark. Unfortunate that these people stay in politics way beyond their brain should allow them to remain in politics. Uh, and I'm not saying that a 95-year-old can't function better than a 40-year-old. They can. I know some. But then there are, you know, 45-year-olds that shouldn't be in politics. Biden never should have been. He was always too stupid. Uh, and now it's become a joke. But uh, Pelosi, I, I don't know that that's the case. That Pelosi has always been a dope. I think she's been a lot of things, but not a dope. But there's something wrong with her now. And her quote uh, on the Olympics that basically, which we played for you several times, uh, I think over the weekend and on Friday, that basically uh, the American athletes should be very, very quiet. They shouldn't object to China while they're there. They should sort of play along with the Nazis. Huh? Isn't that the same thing? I mean, if you look at the Olympics of 1936, and I'm, I'm very fortunate I have an audience that is literate and, you know, reads history and not history a la, you know, the phony New York Times. Uh, if you go back to 1936, there was an Olympics in Berlin, and it was used by Hitler to uh, make the Third Reich more acceptable to Eastern Europe as it, um, as it was about to begin, you know, in the next four or five years, the Blitzkrieg. And it made a lot of what they were going to do easier. It did also backfire on them to some some extent in the West, uh, particularly with the performance of some of the great American athletes. Uh, but it did help them in Eastern Europe. Now we come now we come to uh, twenty the twenty twenty Winter Olympics. Those who I believe are the Summer Olympics, the Winter Olympics with China. We we have a China that is way beyond. Um, the, the, the point that Berlin and Germany were at in 1936, that is in terms of exterminating people, exterminating their own people, exterminating their enemies, uh, well, well along the process of genocide for the Uyghur people, four or five other groups on the list for genocide. And then even if we put genocide aside, which you can't ever do, the, the, I don't know of any nation that has killed more of its own people than China, certainly not in the modern world. Iran may be a close second, but in uh, for the last hundred years, really, China has imposed its communist will on a great, great, you know, thousands of year culture, trying to eliminate that culture and replace it with the uh, vapid, atheistic, immoral, homicidal precepts of socialism and communism. And um, that's hard to do with a people as uh, cultured, as civilized, as brilliant as the Chinese people. So it needed massive, massive readjustment with unbelievable uh, violence. Right now, as we speak, there are um, Chinese people under the regime of the uh, Chinese Communist Party, who are being slaughtered because of their religion, because of their race, because of their ethnicity, because of their unwillingness to go along with every precept of uh, Xi Jinping's version of Chinese communism. And it's going to get worse because he wants to uh, quickly get to the top. He wants to be the top nation in the world. This is not Anything we need to debate about, 
this is even clearer than Hitler's uh, objectors in Mein Kampf. And the only reason that we do not face this squarely is the same reason we didn't do it with Hitler or we didn't do it with communism, and it's because of two things. First of all, we have a certain amount of infiltration, and the Chinese communists have done that really, really well. When you look at the American companies standing up for China, it's frightening. It's frightening that they would stand up and uh, have their brand attached to a country that as their brand is being advertised with China is shooting people, burning people, and uh, executing a plan that now is considering even wiping out the Buddhists. Uh, you know, money is important and capitalism is a great thing. And this is not a question of capitalism. A lot of these companies are socialist-oriented companies. A lot of these countries are socialist-oriented. This is a question of lack of morals. And one of the things the communists have done very effectively over the last hundred years is to destroy our morals. This has been a broad-based attack by an enemy that has an objective. It includes the Soros 30 or so anarchistic uh, district attorneys who put criminals out on the street and don't care that they're killing large, large and con continually larger numbers of Americans. You know, I might add the disproportionate number of people being killed here are African Americans, and you'd expect you'd hear something from Black Lives Matter. Oh, oh, oh but you can't, though, because Soros is the one doing it, and Soros funds it as he does Biden, as he does the DAs. So we have a real connection going on, and one of our jobs is to have you see it. Uh, go to my podcast, rudyscommonsense.com, with Gordon Chang. It's out. It's probably, I think, one of our more consequential ones, because Gordon can explain to you what's going on in China, uh, unlike almost anyone else. He really knows it deeply from his own personal experience and from his work. And he's a man of extraordinary integrity. That's rudyscommonsense.com. And we'll be back with you tomorrow.